Hello world, I'm Shawa Evans. And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Hipster, where we talk about black pop culture, gay pop culture, black gay pop culture, and, and sometimes, sometimes other shit. shit. We did it on time. Oh, we did it together because guess what, y'all? We in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is our first time recording in person with each other in over a year. Yeah. I don't even remember the last time that we recorded together, but I guess it was definitely sometime in March, because that's when kind of everything shut down, I guess. That shit cray. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> later than March, but it definitely was not May. It definitely was before No, it May. definitely was, was March. Yeah. Like, we didn't see each other in April. Like, you were very much, oh, by please then, don't come anywhere oh, yeah, near me. By then, I'm like, let's, yeah. You was like, it's the walking dead out there. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Yeah, I wasn't going anywhere. We saw, I know we said we saw each other physically a few times, which you talked about, but recording definitely did not happen. Did not happen. This yeah. is the first time in over a year. Honey. Yeah. Do I look the same? You look the same. Did I put on some weight? Do you, I look it, better? You put, the, you put on weight in all the right places. Yes, bitch. <laughs> I also started working out again. So yes, you started working out. Let's get it into the right place. I put on weight, but let's put it into the right places. Into the right places. Those thighs. Those should I name the places? No, you know what though? Actually, I haven't put on weight. <laughs> I weigh exactly the same thing as I did this uh-huh. time last year and the year before that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually really odd, like on the nose. Uh huh. But you've <laughs> noticed that your body has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just moved to different places. Pretty Which much. is always interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm fortunate that it gets to the butt first. <laughs> it's butt first, gut last. Uh-huh. But, like, my abs are, like, super soft and a little pudgy right now, which uh-huh. is how I know that everywhere else should be bigger. Uh-huh. So, that's why I don't understand how I weigh the same. <laughs> I don't understand how the number is the same. Yeah, because then if fat weighs more, no, muscle weighs more than fat. Yeah, but it's not muscle. That's what I'm thinking. I've been sedentary as fuck. Yeah, I have as well. It I can't noticed, be muscle. <laughs> I've noticed the change in, um... In, in my body. And Josh, is, is he, he will tell me. He's like, yeah, you look like you gained a little bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, I guess that's one of the downsides of being skinny yeah. is that people feel like you can take it yeah. when they say things about your body. And you're like, oh, geez, that was kind of, that was way hard. I'm going to go and cry in the corner. <laughs> well, someone very close to me, I'm not going to say who, told me that I was looking chunky like three days before my wedding. <laughs> I told you you were looking chunky. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm not sure if you told me this. I don't know if I did, but I had to check them real quick. Legit. Like, three days before the wedding was like, oh, you looking a little chunky. You put some weight on, huh? And I was like, I know you did not. Chunky. Oh, yeah. I think my head, like, turned like the exorcist. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, first of all, I look amazing. Yeah. Second of all, like, yeah, I a little bit went in. But I was like, you don't say that to you a bride days before her wedding. You don't, you Even don't. if, like, your intent wasn't. Because it wasn't even to say, like, I clearly wasn't looking. I hate when people use the word chunky, chunky in a way. To dis- yeah, I don't like it to describe a person anyway. Yeah. But, like, I understood that it wasn't like, oh, I'm looking big. I think it was just her way of saying that I put on some weight or mm-hmm. she was noticing, like, maybe I got a little thicker. But I'm like, right, say, okay, girl, you got a little thicker. And you better say it with that sort of inflection exactly. so I can understand that you mean it as a positive. Exactly. But also, just don't comment on my body and my weight three days before my wedding. No, no. Like, just, I, that's all I ask of you. No. Well, no, I ask more, but that's one of the basics. 
Yeah, just I, I don't. Think, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of nerves and stress going into a wedding anyway. So pandemic wedding, yeah, at that. pandemic wedding, and there's lots of things I know you were juggling and trying to like organize getting all of that together yourself, which is a lot. And also, yeah, you didn't. It wasn't like you went and got your 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 dresses off the rack. You had to ship those from certain places, so you definitely don't want to hear that. It's like this is it. There are no more alterations. Oh, you look a little chunky. What? Like you don't want to hear that. Like, this is- well, the good thing is my dresses are a little big, and I had to get them taken <laughs> in. No, my my reception outfit was a size small. The skirt was a small. The top was medium, and I had to get them taken in. So okay, okay. Yeah. What's Big that? up to my West African designers, sizing for them the right shape. Yes. You better know it. Girl, I, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yes. You know, we have some, uh, we have, we know someone who's getting married now and they're on sort of this diet, wedding diet. Uh-huh. And um, it, it, it's always interesting that people want to get like so, they want to get in shape for their wedding. And then after that, it's something like, yeah. And it's like, well, it's just one moment. It should be a lifestyle. Listen, everyone's different. Yeah. I mean, I get it, though, because everybody will keep telling you the photos are forever. <laughs> and you're just like, it's fine if I look shit after the wedding, but at least when I see these photos or other people see these photos, it'd be like, I was getting it. That's true. <laughs> you feel that way about, like, big occasions. You do. You I just know, do. I, no, I can understand that. <laughs> I, the funny thing is, you. I now, I don't know if I've mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned, um, I feel a way about, um, now, like new pictures. I was watching new uh, or nude? nude. Nude. Okay. I was watching Shit's Creek and um, years ago, and they had this episode with a mother. She's older. I don't know if I mentioned this before. She was talking about how she she found new. There were new pictures of her on the internet, and she was so excited. Even though at first people were like, "Oh, she's upset about." It. No, she was excited. She couldn't find her new pictures. And eventually, she heard that there were new pictures, and she couldn't find them. She was so upset there were new pictures, and she said to her daughter, "Listen, take those pictures now." Because you that's when your body's at its best. Yep. And you want to you wanna look back at it when you're older, you're you know, things aren't as you want them to be. And yep. say, Hey, this is how I looked in my prime. And I was like, I regret that I didn't take any new Well, I did that was, Well do you feel like you're like it's over, your body's shot now? You can't Well, I don't wanna work any. you know it, it is not even that. Like I've always been skinny, I've always had like no chest and all that stuff. <laughs> But you know, give, give, him, give him the whole picture, Stan. Well, I've been a, paint it for them. I've been a twink. So as you get older, it's like, what does that mean? And I've never, had, I've always wanted my butt a little bit bigger and my chest a little I've bit bigger. I always care that butt issue though. What you mean? Did your girl not help you out? Come on. What in panties I got you? Oh, you're so for my birthday, you and uh, Jasmine, baby, I think got me those, which I, th- I still have. Oh, funny. It, it makes a difference. It makes oh, a difference. The, the little padded underwear, child. Take that butt up a whole nother level. But you guys also were on to something but because that was, I think, a, a woman sort of. Yes, uh, it yes. was definitely for women. But, you know, now <laughs> they make them for men. Hey. Girls, they make them for men. They Thanks have jeans for and Because everyone now is definitely, for the last few years, butts have been a thing. And with gay men, butts have been a thing. And now they have made these inserts for they the people on the commercials. They look straight. They advertise this for straight and gay. They look they you know straight acting. They have that. They have all of these sort of um, things that you can also wear for the men for make your chest oh, like look bigger. Yeah, pack enhancement. Jeez. And also we know about um, I'm sorry. What do you call the garments that squeeze you? Spanx. Yes. Spanx. Well, yeah, squeeze you everything out. Oh, okay. Not waist trainers. Well, yeah, not waist trainers, which also men wear. 
they have those for um, for men as well too. Hey. So it's changed. And then I just heard that uh, you know going all all over the place. A Rod, um, the baseball he used to be the baseball player. Oh my god! I cannot. Um, he <laughs> just came out with a makeup line for men. Oh yeah. So the makeup for men thing. Um, that sort of started taking off because of COVID mm -hmm. because I think men weren't used to sort of having to look at themselves on the screen all the time and look at their faces. You know, just they weren't as aware of mm -hmm. like how they look to other people exactly. until they had to keep seeing their reflections back mm -hmm. and on the virtual screen, especially when they're unforgiving. So like you you can really see all the like darkness under your mm -hmm. eyes, those under eye bags and circles mm -hmm. and stuff. So that sort of became a thing. Yeah, makeup sales for men started to tick up with all of this like virtual reality and virtual yeah. meetings and whatever. So it makes sense that like a man that is, I guess, plugged. I don't know how much A-Rod is a man's man or plugged. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know how much men would take cues from him, but mm -hmm. it's a smart idea that if you are the kind of man that men would take cues from to do that. Yeah. So then that way, because men don't want to go into Sephora and like buy, you know, um, Armani or, you know what I mean? Or like buy Fenty. Um, they, yeah. You know, if men still always want their stuff, even when these were things that were traditionally associated with women, mm -hmm. to still be for them. Exactly. So they want a makeup line that's made for men. Yes. Um, even though, you know, it's, it's made of all things. Yes, There's things nothing different about it. Like, it's still got the dinethicone and yes. all the ingredients mm -hmm. yeah it, it's kind of funny too because if you're yeah, lucky. all of the, it is i think he's toting it as a the way the language that they use of course because it's all about the language it's for to hide it's a concealer of sorts it's mm -hmm. his first to hide like razor bumps and other things that you may have and um which is fine but you know it's it's funny too a lot of these things were sort of like makeup or makeup and even just the dresses and the way that were you were typically for men in the beginning? You know what I'm saying, like high heeled shoes, right? And, and wigs. Oh, you taking it back makeup. to like ancient yeah, days? Back to ancient. Those <laughs> things were men. Those things, and then it Absolutely. changes because you have this idea of what a man is and what a woman is. And it's just like all those things. It was just a shift. That is wigs. That was the biggest one. It's hilarious oh. that it was like the men, like men. I think up until like a couple of years ago in the UK, we're still required to wear wigs to go to court. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, yeah, that was a big one for men. Big, Wigs? Yes. Men was out here with the lace ones before you <laughs> ladies even knew what was what. So, um... You're so stupid. Listen, don't be mad when you do come through with the ill lace front, 40 inches. That is hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because it's like, what do you need that for? Like, I guess you... It's a certain look. But, okay, would you feel weird... If, if, like, Al started putting makeup on, concealer on, to have, like... No, anything. I told him if he wanted to for the wedding, then mm -hmm. we would have the makeup artist touch him up. Did he? Did he? No, he did oh. not. But I was like, we gonna get you some Fenty. I was like, look, you want even out your complexion? That's you know, true. You, <laughs> you want to look good in these photos. It's yeah. but so much after touch-up you want to pay for for the photographer. That makes sense. The better yeah. they go in... <laughs> the less money you have to pay for them to look good coming out. Yeah. So I'm like, he doesn't have like under eye circles or anything mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, he does get some, uh, he gets uneven texture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, look, if you want, go get some Fenty. Or I have, you know, have him send me some Fenty and have the makeup artist literally just give you like a nice little base. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. He was like, nah. But 
That, yeah, it's, it's nothing new also in terms of celebrities. A lot of the men who... Well, pretty, or the act, uh, actors and yeah. anybody that's getting in front of the camera has had yeah. their face made up exactly. multiple times. And all times. those men on like ESPN, I'm pretty sure they have had they have makeup. No, they you do. To. Like, you have to. It's part yeah, of the job. Like, you can't... Job. Like, when the makeup girl comes to get you in the seat, you don't wave her off and go, no, I don't... Then the producer comes to you and they go, you look greasy and crazy. Mm-hmm. She's going to do your face. Yes. Like, there's no negotiating it exactly. you're getting you getting this powder yeah <laughs> you getting this concealer mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's interesting it's a different world it's a different mm-hmm. world yeah so i mean they understand they know what it is it's funny because i feel like i notice it so much more mm-hmm. um you know for people like on tv like i can tell certain things like sometimes i'm watching um you know a show and i could be like ooh. They really need to blot his nose, or like you know what I mean. Or I'm like, ooh, like I wonder what type of foundation he's mm-hmm. wearing because that match from the neck to the face is on point. Like yeah. I can just tell, or I can tell like a really the my my favorite, um, which is the worst, is a bad contour mm-hmm. when I can see the contour oh, down the nose. Mm-hmm. You know who's just notorious for it is Real Housewives of Atlanta. At least back in the day, their uh-huh. their their makeup is incredible now. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I would see, and I'm like, oh, why did they not blend the nose better? Mm-hmm. That I can just see the line straight down the middle. It looks crazy oh, to me. That is hard. Yeah, I hate a bad contour. It it's you know on those shows it's interesting because like I mean I guess they're men, but we watch Drag Race. And you know it's a lot about makeup. Oh my god, it's drag. hours of that makeup. They go from orange to. Purple, yes, which is insane. So whatever color it was supposed to end up. Yeah, you're like, how did that even happen? And you look <laughs> at, uh, you know, when they're not in drag, most, like 90% of them probably do not have makeup on. No. And that's always interesting because you think of a show. I mean, women traditionally are different. This is a different um, way anyway. But I always think, oh, is that going to change? Is there going to be a shift where a lot of these um, men on the show, when they're out of drag, are they going to start wearing makeup? Because even the, the, some of them, like Gia Gunn and some of the trans um, contestants who have been on the show, they're tra- they wear makeup. They, when they're out of their drag, it, they have the makeup on. They have the full face. And I, wonder- I think some of them do when they're doing like their testimony or their, uh, what do you call it? Confession. Confession. You're right. There we You're go. Right. They right. wear makeup, but that's a show thing. Again, yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, they had the makeup person. They sat them in a chair. They were like, you know, we're not going to give you a full face. You don't even have lashes and like a, a cat eye. But like we definitely have to put some powder or something on you because they're just things that are going to pick up on the camera. You are going to be mad when you watch this back and say, oh, my God, I look shiny. I look sweaty. I look crazy. My, I, I look like a zombie. Like they have makeup on. You just don't know. it. It's just good makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, I mean, I was going to say speaking of man in makeup, but I know he does wear makeup. Because uh, he's an actor. Who? We just heard that they are doing a sequel to Attack the Block. Oh, are you having to confuse him? Like, who are we talking about? <laughs> John Boyega's cute stuff. John Boyega. Yes, John Boyega. And, and let me just say, I'm going to need him to get ripped. I don't even care if the role doesn't call for it, John Boyega. I want you to get ripped. I want you to be tearing your shirt off like you in a Tom Clancy book turned film a la Michael B. Jordan I'm going to need you to just have your shirt off several times for no reason because you got your body crazy I feel like they might it makes sense because now he's older he's not I mean I don't know if they're going to do real time but I'm assuming they're going to real time the character's older now Mm -hmm. so and they were kind of yeah they were kind of like setting it up that he was kind of like this sort of he had a quiet sort of 
sexiness. Oh, he was definitely the cute one. Yeah. We was watching it like he 18, right? Just because yeah. we were like, we just we need this to not feel so <laughs> wrong because he's adorable. Yeah, he definitely had this sort of allure about him, this sort of quiet power. So yeah, and then at the end, it's like Moses, Moses, they all love him. Yes, he's de- he's they're going to be throwing in panties at him. So it is de- <laughs> they're setting it up for the next film. I feel as though he's probably going to get ripped oh, and going to have his shirt on. Please get ripped, John Boyega. If mm-hmm. nothing else, hear my plea. Get ripped for this role, okay? okay. And then... Do a rom-com after that. Oh, I would love to see him. Do a rom-com after that. And and I'm telling you, like, just this pussy will be secured for the rest of your career. If you get ripped, attack the block, and then you do a rom-com. Now, you better be smart about this rom-com in terms of who the girl is on the other side of that. I'm just saying. But (laughs) you will, like, you will cement the pussy for the rest of your fucking career, no matter what you do after that. Why hasn't he done a rom-com? He's so cute. But also, like, who's done any good rom-coms lately? Where they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to cast a black guy. I don't know. Michael B. Jordan hasn't done one either, has it? Michael B. Jordan was in... That one with Zac Efron. It was Zac Efron. I kept... I was talking about it the other day, and I'm like, who was the lead? Justin Timberlake? I'm like, it was somebody. And he was like the the, the nurse or the doctor or something. He was soft. He was soft on this girl. And I'm like, he was adorbs, but... I couldn't for the life of me remember anything else about that movie. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. It was three guys. Nothing. It was it was All I remember was like Gramercy Park. Yeah, and I remember his jacket when he was walking. I was like, they look good one day. They all they put them in like, it was just like. It was Zach And the other guy, Miles Teller, I think his name Exactly. Was. And they were friends. And Zach Efron was peeing on the toilet. Because he had an erection which wouldn't go down, so he had to pee. I remember that scene. Oh, okay. That was a very odd thing. But I remember from anything that else about the movie. But well, we like, remember that Michael B. Jordan was in it. Yeah, he was adorable. Yeah, we want, I we keep saw saying it. he needs to do a rom-com. That's weird that he has not. Well, again, because black rom-coms. <laughs> like, because no one's done one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> black rom-com have you seen lately? I don't know. I feel like the last one that you saw, I could be wrong, was the one with Issa Rae. I wouldn't consider that a rom-com. The one which with the photograph, the, yeah, that was not a rom. Oh no, see, I don't know. see it. It was a romance, but where was the calm? Uh, it wasn't. No, the crux of that was not rooted in comedy in the way that it would have need to be mm-hmm. to be a black rom com. This is my setup. I'm like, you know what? I haven't casted the girls yet, mm-hmm. the women, the okay. women. But I see a black rom com with leading male uh, John David Washington. Oh. And then, you know, there's always got to be like two friends, right? And then there's always the goofy friend that mm-hmm. no one can take seriously, but they provide a lot of the comedy. Mm-hmm. Safari. Because Safari's uh, a clown. And he's entertaining. And I like, think he actually he... would be good in a movie like that. Okay. Playing, essentially, Safari. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other friend, I'm going to have to look up his name. Uh, what, what movie? <laughs> Tell me what, where he's from. Uh, is Reggie from... Um, What's the show? They're white people. Oh, I just don't remember. So, which one is Reggie? Is Reggie the, the one that's in love with the main character? The yes, but then he woman? dates her friend. Yes. Oh, he dates a friend, the girl. Asked. Yes, I don't know his name, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Mark Richardson. Yes. He's and Mark spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E. Okay. I'm hoping that's Mark. Okay. I don't know, but I'm going to go ahead and say, call it Mark. Uh, Mark Richardson, who plays Reggie on Dear White People. He's the trustworthy friend that you can listen to. He actually is like a decent person with mm-hmm. a real job and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. 
um, and I haven't casted the women yet. And someone will drag me for this, but I'm willing to be dragged for this. It will sort of have that, um, that flow and that cadence of like an old Woody Allen film. Because mm -hmm. you know how like Woody Allen films, basically like New York is the backdrop, but it's very much a character yeah, definitely. in the film. But also um, Woody Allen films, you know Woody Allen film because of that cadence. Mm -hmm. But it also has this thing where it's like, like almost nothing happens, <laughs> but everything yeah. happens because uh -huh. it just follows a sequence of events that just would happen in real life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be these grandiose random movie things, which are the things that I hate the most about movies is that like everything has to be super hyperbolic and it's just like that doesn't really happen or people don't speak that way. That's true. Um, so there's an appreciation for those Woody Allen films because they do kind of have that really like slow kind of cadence where, like, they don't have to be married at the end. They mm -hmm. just decide to go on a date. <laughs> it was, like, all this build-up to that. And it's like, yes, because they've known each other for two weeks. That's what happens in real That's life. Um, but you get it and you appreciate it because it was still interesting to watch. And it didn't make you, it didn't force-feed you mm -hmm. like the audience was stupid. But it also didn't make you do a ton of work. Yeah. I Again, people will drag me because it's Woody Allen. It is what it is, but I'm just saying in terms of like the way that those films feel mm -hmm. and how you feel when you walk away from those films and why they became so iconic. So I'm like, that's the feel that I want it to have. I don't want it to be that stupid shit where it's like the guy has to make some grand gesture, you yeah, know, to get her back. He runs to the airport to try to get her. Yeah, right. Or like he had to do something so terribly insane or egregious or not mm -hmm. but it still ended up being this huge blow up yeah like let's like, move away from that type of stupid shit i do think that there's a place for those movies you know that sort of like take everything and they do they're just so cliche i think that's what it is it's so cliche like you mentioned you know something a big blow up and like i was saying like going to the airport and um you know, it's always like he'll go to the airport to run after because she's leaving to go on this trip. Mm. He'll go there. Or she's the moving because yeah. he didn't appreciate her and tell her to stay. Exactly. But the, he'll see, he'll get there just as the plane's going away. He's like, no. And then he'll turn she around and she's standing the, yeah. there. I stay. I still love you. He's, and then they'll be happy and they'll kiss. It's always... No, you know what I would love? I would love that, like, he's like, no. You know, the plane took off and he turns around and she's there. And she's like, shit, I was in the <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then he's like, "Well, I'm glad you did, cause I love you." I would rather that, and then that, I, that would make me laugh, and I'd be entertained. Yes. But I'd be like, "But that also is more likely to happen." Yes. Instead of she just decided to miss her goddamn flight in the hopes that he showed up. Mm -hmm. Like, who does that? No. You don't know that he's coming for you, so you just don't get on the plane. Yes. That makes no sense. No, I would no. rather you were like, "Oh my god, I missed my flight." You know, like she's running up to the gate. And then he's like, you missed the flight? And she's like, God damn it. And then he's like, well, good, because let's make this work. Oh, and then she's like, I guess I'm staying. Yeah, I guess so. Why not? And she's like, <laughs> and I always think, too, where's your shit at? Did you not shit anything across country to meet you? Like, it's like, right. when they move, it's like, you just have a carry-on bag. And maybe it's like, did you not have a lot of stuff? Well, he saw your apartment in the movie. You had a lot of stuff. That's exactly the problem, though, with, like, movies. And rom-coms specifically. Movies yeah. about love is that... They show you all this, like, lead up to everything, but then you don't see any of that after stuff. And it's like, 
based on all the toxicity we saw before that, they ain't make it. But we're never going to see any of that. And, yeah. and that's the other thing about why I hate those grand gestures because it's like that doesn't happen in real life. But it sets real life people up for these terrible expectations yeah. that like men are supposed to make these grand gestures or women are supposed to act this way and do this and do that. And it's like, that's not how like love and dating works in the real world. And if you're waiting for that child, yeah. ooh, you are going to be terribly disappointed and have a really hard time dating. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Well, all right. So we, we say all that to say John Boyega Get ripped for Attack the Block, too, because yes. we want to see you with your shirt off. And then in a rom-com, um, having really good sex with um, some actress that we love. Or some actor, because that could be a twist, and I'll be here for it. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I ain't mad. I, I both. I mean, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> now you're taking it too far. Now you're taking it too damn Give, give everybody what they want. Too damn far. Give everybody what they want. I guess that would be a good segue into talking about... Black polygamy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes. So I was reading this article in Medium that was talking about how, I guess, black people are very much about, like, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, first of all, black people are like that about a lot of things. Yes. We love to say we don't do. Mind you, we be knowing mad people that do that shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, girl, black people don't do that. Or being like, that's white people shit. We love to say that. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, which is terrible because then we get mad when people put us in boxes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, not a monolith. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> we love to say we're not a monolith. But, like, let somebody decide they want to be black and play hockey. And we be like, black people don't play hockey. Do and you got this poor guy over here trying to get into mm-hmm. the NHL. And everybody's looking at him like, well, we don't trust your skills because black people don't play hockey. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. we should probably stop black saying Black people that. don't swim. Black people don't want to listen to rock music. Black people don't go whitewater rafting. Exactly. Like, no. What is it? Yeah, skydiving. We don't do that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> black people don't tightrope walk. Yes, yes. Black people don't go fishing. Mm-hmm. Black people go fishing. My family that's that's all fishing. the things that we just named. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, swimming. Mm-hmm. Can we just go ahead and just take that completely off the table? The black people don't go swimming. Yeah. Now, I don't go swimming because I grew up in the hood. You grew up in the city. And we didn't have swimming pools. My yeah. mother wasn't letting us go to no public pools in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, no, we didn't go to summer camp and shit. We didn't learn how to swim. We played in the fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. And we had a good old time. And it was what it was. And at the age of... Ooh, I was like, how old am I? Jeez, this is what happens when you get old. At the ripe age of 38, mm-hmm. I'm not going to learn. Yeah. I think, but if you had children, you probably would teach your children. Definitely. I wouldn't hesitate. My children are going to go swimming. They are going to go to dance classes. I mean, we did that. Um, They're going to do all the shit. They're going to go to yeshiva and learn how to speak and read and write Hebrew Mm -hmm. like nobody's business. Yeah. 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 So black people out here doing all those things. They were doing those things before. We just didn't talk. We didn't talk about right. it as much. Well, now we're talking about it. Yeah. We're talking about black people in polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. It is a thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's been a thing. Um, so there's a couple on this TLC show seeking sister wives, mm-hmm. and I guess they're like the first black couple. When, when uh, the show's live? only in like the second season. Um, I don't know if I know where they live. Because uh, I wonder where they um, are. They like in what is it like? 
Utah, like the middle of the country. Yeah. I know. I don't think they are. Um, like, they're in the Bronx. Like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> now that would be funny. That would be really that funny. Would be um, it's the Snowden family. So I'll look up and I'll find out where the Snowdens live. Snowden? Yes. But, think so, oh, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. That's right. That's, I just, that's the first thing that came to my head, too. I'm like, Snowden? Okay. Any relation? Um, oh, they live in Atlanta. Oh, okay. They live in Atlanta. Here's the thing, though. This needs to be said. So they, the husband and wife are not technically, like, married, not legally. traditionally legally married mm-hmm. under U.S. law, and that's the way they can sort of circumvent obviously putting this on national television yeah. and not getting uh, arrested yeah. um, and penalized. So, you know, there's that. But, um... But no, they they are married in every sense of the yeah. you know um, actual just everything that comes along with marriage mm-hmm. um, in the practicing way. So they consider themselves married, and they are seeking a third. <laughs> yeah, and it's being documented on television. So the so that so they do they have any like um, what do you call it like uh, qual- I guess qualifications like how old are they? Okay, you asking me a whole lot of that's, questions okay, about this couple. Well, that's, I mean, they're not kids. Well, uh, yeah, I would hope so. But do they have any children? Yeah, they do have children. Um, yeah. I think they have two, two kids. Mm. Yeah. And they are trying to find a girlfriend. Well, I think part of it, too, is like this, was, what has weird peop- weirded people out is this idea that they're married and then they're, they are dating Right, so to be a married couple out here trying to date a woman, oh, that's, um, yeah. that you know, when you think about it in that way, it's like, well, yeah, that's yeah. a little odd. That's definitely sure, not typical. But they probably go on the date with the woman together, right? I don't think so. So I don't watch Seeking Sister Wives. It's just not. It's not something that piqued my interest. Uh-huh. Um, what piques my interest is the just the idea of like black polygamy or yeah. black polygamists, mm-hmm. which is rarely talked about, but it's. The odd thing to me is that anyone will be shocked about black people being um, polygamous. Polygamous? Yeah, polygamous. Yeah. I think, yeah. No, I was looking at... Polyamorous. No, but I mean, polyamorous and it's different though. Like, I think when you talk about like being a polygamist, you're talking about like actual marriage. Yes. Versus like you can be in a polyamorous relationship and it's just dating. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think that's where it is. It's like there's levels to it. Um, but just because it's like, well, Afri- so many African customs and traditions, um, you know, polygamy is very typical. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's odd to me that when black people are weirded out by it or think that it's weird, it's like, our ancestors did this shit. Yes, yes. We pick up all those other things. It's like, well, that means we like to, like, go call back to all those other things that they do in Africa. But it's like, that y'all leave out because we live in a country, a Christian country, which tells us those things are wrong. So it's right. like, that has definitely, a large population of black people are Christian. And right. that has definitely sort of, what is it? Well, beyond wrong, though, it's illegal. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it is punishable by law. Yes. So even if you, you know, were like, ah, I know the religion says it's wrong, but I don't think it's bad, you still might not think about actually participating for the simple fact that you just don't want to deal with that smoke mm-hmm. if you get caught and someone decides that they want to prosecute you for it. But Because you, you don't live in Utah. 
But you wouldn't be prosecuted if you aren't legally married, right? Right. Yes. Well, that's the difference. So that's, I guess, how they found that loophole. But, you know, that there's definitely some drawbacks to not being legally married. Um, you know, there are definitely implications there. Could you be, because you could be married to one person legally, and then the second person or the third, you know, the other subsequent um, mm-hmm. wives or husbands, you could have... Um, oh, it's just why. Usually it's just it, it is. No, it, it definitely is. For this show, I know. Polygamy. It's oh, just wives. Oh, there's another name for when you have... Polygamy is when it's with multiple men. But that's, that's no not idea. a thing. Like, I've never... Sounds like, wrong. Polygamy. Let me just make sure I am wrong. Wow. It, it sounds like a wrong word. It sounds... It's hard on the tongue. You can't even pronounce it easily. Yeah, because a man came up with that. He's like, nah, we're going to make this. It's not a thing. So we're going to make it difficult to pronounce. Yeah. I'm looking it up and it says it's the same as polygamy. Polygyny? Oh, Lord. (laughs) It's funny. It's like nothing's even coming up for like when a woman has more than one husband. Because it's like unheard of, right? Isn't that crazy? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it happens somewhere um maybe it's a communal sort of feeling maybe it's not like but it's the communal thing where you know you have husbands and you have wives and they all are sort of in this thing together you know what i'm saying i think that that oh no i was definitely way off with that it's polyandry polyandry oh well that's what i want to see (laughs) that's what i want to hear about (laughs) <laughs> the the woman out there who has multiple husbands but then you think about it too it's just like if as far as like um, procreating you know a woman has a she has a carry gestational period you know she has to carry that baby for a month right if that's your goal if that's one of your goals because i'm pretty but if it's not then it was about companionship and it's about enjoying um another human being another person then that can exist i don't think it is in most cases well, I, don't think, it is I think because yeah. it does tend to a lot of the time it tends to be rooted in religion mm-hmm. um this couple the snowdens though they're like not religious at all they're okay. just down with it they're, well, just, they're just down with the p yeah. um yeah they're not religious um it's just something that they're doing right i not to be like i respect it more but a little bit i do that is just kind of like they're like we like it this is what we're gonna do mm-hmm. we over here with our multiple wives mind our business <laughs> i gotta be honest like i like that we over here with our multiple wives yes i grew up in a polygamous home mm-hmm. right so my father had multiple wives um I see the benefits of it from as being a child of it. Mm -hmm. Never felt like it was something that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and was like, nah, I'm not, I'm good. I'm not down with that. Cause you know, you get older and then you understand the complexities of relationships. And then you also realize that shit probably wasn't all roses and peaches Mm -hmm. between your moms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I dated someone, um, in the past who was Nigerian. He said he was not looking to have more than one wife. He also said that I was enough mm-hmm. <laughs> and couldn't, he couldn't fathom having me plus another woman in his ear. Like, <laughs> it's like you and another you, I'd die. And I was like, you better believe it. Um, but, but as I get older, though, and I'm like, I ain't going to lie. I wouldn't mind having another woman to take some responsibility <laughs> off my plate sometimes. Like, no, for real, though, I'm just like, look, I'm tired. I know I promised some sex later. 
But now it's 10 o'clock and I ain't got it in me. Mm -hmm. Can I just call up home girl yeah. and be like, hey girl. Be like, Susie, come on over. Susie. I'm going to send him to your house tonight. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he looking to get this thing worked on mm -hmm. and I just don't have it in me. I got to meet an early meeting tomorrow. Yeah. I got to be on. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> Listen, unless I understand that, and I feel like if that's what you wanted, you an adult, y'all adults, then make that happen. You right. Know? Or I want to just have popcorn, ice cream, and wine for dinner and watch the shows I want to watch mm -hmm. that he doesn't like and not have him there. Exactly. And I think because sometimes... Too, Go to her house. Yeah. You want your own space. Sometimes being by yourself is good. So it's like, listen, you can go get your needs met elsewhere. Someone that I know, someone that I trust. It's fine. Go take care of that. I don't have to worry about you for a few days. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'm like, let it be a balance. Like, you know, maybe there's things that just like I'm not great at. So find you a woman that is. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And then she don't have to be great at all the things that I provide. Exactly. exactly. Isn't this, this whole idea of like no one person is ever going to be able to give you everything that you need? Yeah, especially all the time. Yeah. And I, I think that's true in a lot of cases. I yeah. think that's true. There are a lot of people who are not here for monogamous relationships. And I don't think they call it polyamorous relationships because I think usually they just tend to go the route of like open relationships. Uh, so it's like, we're yeah. not all three of us in this thing together. Yeah. It's like, no, the two of us are in this thing together, but we're all, both also able to go out and do our own thing. So yeah, My husband is not here for it. Yeah. <laughs> Under any circumstances, he has made that clear. Because uh, I just like to ask these questions because I do. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love because to play devil's advocate and ask random ass it's, questions. It's the, uh, it's the idea, of course, you being with other men. No, because he was like not for it even before I even got to that point. Mm -hmm. When I'm just like, would you want to be able to go out and do you think or do this? And I'm like, what about, okay, we're traveling. Or if one of us is traveling, then we can both, you know... Do we do? Mm -hmm. He's like, hell no. <laughs> I mean, I also, because of the nature of my job, I traveled a lot more than yes, you did. Yes. Um, <laughs> you like, you be on the road a lot. But that, it, was, it wasn't like, oh, if I'm traveling, I can seek out other people. It was like, if I'm traveling, we both. Yeah. You're actually in a much better position because yeah. you're home. Mm -hmm. He's at home. He can grab, he can get someone. Do you think that you would be able, if, if he was... Would you even be open? No, you said you wouldn't. No, yeah, I, I'm just asking the questions, no, no. but I'm not here for it. Yeah, I, but I think I also can compartmentalize sex mm -hmm. um, a lot more than he would. Okay, yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's a part of it too, compartmentalizing the sex because a lot of gay men uh, have open relationships, and uh, you know it's something Josh and I talked about. And right now, I don't think I could do it. I wouldn't want to. I think it would be too much stress. And I do get it. I think for me, it's like I can't continue to have sex with you. It's like you can't. And then also, it's like well, I don't want to met every single person. You have to think about disease. You have to think about safety, who you with, who you with. It's like I don't want to keep just moving from guy to guy, having sex with a different person. Right. I would get attached. I know I would. But that's the thing. But then would you be okay if your partner was seeing the same person? Over and over because, yeah, then is you run the risk of now they want to be with that person. And then are you worried that they want to be with that person and not with you? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. again, if you're if you're looking at it from the perspective of no one person is going to give you everything that you need, then you'd be stupid to do that because, yes. you know, the grass isn't greener mm -hmm. unless you just found out that you were wrong. <laughs> you know, what I mean? And yeah. that's the issue, I think, for yeah. most people. It's like 
you can go in saying, okay, we don't believe in like having a monogamous relationship because we don't think one person is equipped to give you everything. And then someone's out there, you know, mm-hmm. playing the field, doing the thing. And then they meet someone's like, they are everything they're I everything need. They're like, all the stuff that they're not, I don't need it. Yeah. I just realized. Exactly. And that then they happens. leave you for this person. I think that's everyone's biggest fear. Yeah. that's. I feel like if we were in the thing, I'd take that chance. If we decided to do that, I'd just go, let's just take that chance. Because then that means that we, you weren't for me at that time anyway. So you found something that makes you happy? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that because the other Medium article um, that that you sent me that we're reading that was talking about relationships Mm -hmm. and like just you learning things from each relationship and what you take from each relationship, whether that's like a romantic relationship or a friendship, friendship. um, just being able to learn something from all of them. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I think that you should because it's an experience that you had. So if you didn't learn something, it was a waste. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. It's like, you didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. So Married at First Sight, you know, we watch. Yes. We love us some naps. Uh-huh. And one of the relationships is a disaster. And I think the girl was a whole ass, like, mess. And she doesn't even realize that mm-hmm. she was. She was terrible. She was awful to him. And the, the other couples kept asking him, well, did you at least learn something about yourself from this experience? And he's like, no, nothing. And everyone's like, it just seems like they're so angry at him because he's saying that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can agree that I do think that that's bullshit or it's weird if you didn't learn anything. Yes, but I also just don't believe him. I think that he has learned something. I think that he's so in it right now and he, he, he can't stand her because mm-hmm. they just had an awful go at this. And that he still, he, he doesn't want to give anything. He yeah. doesn't want to let them in at all. He's yeah. so shut down. He won't even fix his lips to admit whether or not he learned something because he wants her to feel like she was a complete waste of his time. Mm-hmm. He wants her to feel like, like, like if nothing at all, I could have not done this and my life would be exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally, I'd come out the same on the other side had I never met you. Wow. I think he wants her to feel that. Mm-hmm. And so that he's at the point where like now he just kind of wants to be mean and he wants to be a little bit petty. So even if he knows that he learned something, he don't want to give them at least that. And if, or he's being honest in that he thinks he hasn't learned anything because he hasn't quite like really looked back at mm-hmm. it yet. Um, yeah, and I'm like, I mean, it takes time. Sometimes you have to be out of it and digest the shit and then look back and be like, oh, wow, like, I didn't realize this about myself or Mm -hmm. things like that. But, you know, then they were were still in the process. So it's like they weren't that far removed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You need space, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but I think you should be learning something. So then do you think, because I don't think I was thinking about my own relationships, even friendships. You know, they mentioned, like, some of the things in the article, like you learn about your boundaries, you learn about mm-hmm. sort of your thing, your non-negotiables, you learn about things that you're willing to put up with and all of these things. And I think, yeah, in each relationship and, and also realizing too that everyone, that sometimes you outgrow those. I think that's also one of the hardest things that I think in any relationship, the fact that you come into, when you share something with someone, friendship or intimate, it's hard to think that you may possibly outgrow one another. Mm-hmm. I think that's difficult, especially, I think, when it comes to friendships. Um, the fact that, you know, there may be people in your life that, you know, you had this closeness with, and then after a while... It's, it's funny, too, because I feel like in relationships, it's easier to get closure than it is with friendships. You know, it's, it's, it's how we deal with it. When you have friends yeah. that 
that come in and out of your life and you no longer talk to it, you kind of just stop talking. You know, it kind of just fades out. There's no, no, like, we're no longer friends unless someone does something bad to you. But usually it's, it's just kind of like you just drift away from each other. And I actually prefer it that way because I'm like, in my mind then, we're not not friends anymore. Mm. We just don't spend as much time together. We don't see each other as That's much. True. So it's one of those things, unless you were like a toxic person <laughs> and then we drifted away like, and I don't want to hear from you ever again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, cause sometimes we, we take that, that route, right? Where it's just like, we don't like someone and then we don't want to hang out with them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then if we can let it naturally die off, we're like, great. Cause we don't have to have that uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. But then if that person pops back up, cause they think you're still friends now, what do you do? <laughs> right now, how are you going to handle this kid? So that's where it gets a little tricky because otherwise I think it's okay. Cause then it's just like, well, we're not not friends anymore. We just don't see each other as much. But like, if you invite me to like your birthday party or your wedding or something, like, sure, I'll come, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like a bad relationship, you probably need to just say the words. It's like, oh, girl, I'm not coming to your birthday. We're not friends. Yes, and that's rough. I've never had that happen. To oh, me. I definitely had to tell quite a few people. Oh, like, wow. oh, I'm done with you, ho. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, that's rough. I, I, or I just ghost them. Yeah. And then if it's a close friend, they usually are like, what is happening? <laughs> and then I've had to say the words of like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't talk to you anymore. Yeah. I've had to do that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. probably only once or twice. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember. Maybe once or twice. Do you think, because I feel like, to me, I feel like usually in my experience with friends, I wonder if it's, because friends can also have really interesting dynamic where mm-hmm. it can also be toxic. Absolutely. And I, I feel as though... Sometimes that may be much more difficult to navigate your toxic friendship. I don't know. It depends on the person, though, girl. And then a toxic relationship. Because I feel like I would, I would assume that for a lot of people having a toxic friendship, it's harder to have those conversations about what's going on. Because I think in society, we aren't, we're taught more about how to sort of maintain and deal with intimate relationships than we are with friendships. Also and nurture too- them. I think it's harder to see when a friendship is toxic mm-hmm. because you probably don't spend as much time. That's true. Um, in that. And then, yeah, it's like when things are happening in a romantic relationship, like you said, like we're taught like where like certain like lines shouldn't be pushed, mm-hmm. you know, certain boundaries shouldn't, shouldn't, you know, be pushed. Whereas with friendships, you're not necessarily taught mm-hmm. like this is a line of friendship not crossed. Mm-hmm. This is a boundary of friendship not crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people are always like, you know, friendships, you know, your friendships are different. And you have different relationships with different people. And so sometimes we're more willing to also make excuses and like pull the boundaries back you're a little bit. Sure. In certain ways, because people will be like, well, I've known her all my life. Mm -hmm. You know, we grew up together. (laughs) She did this thing for me. And then they're willing to let that person abuse them a little more. Versus like, if this is some guy that you've been dating for like six months, or he says something, or he does something. It's very clear. It's like, Mm -hmm. you don't know me like that, homie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It is very clear. I don't owe you anything. How dare you? Um, And your friends will be quick to be like, he said what? He did what? No, girl, we don't do that. This is no. You need to get out of there. Your friends will be real quick to tell you That's that. Versus if it's a friend. And I think I've seen this with my own friends. As, as that person's friend, you're less likely to tell them that another friend that is also not a friend of yours, mm-hmm. but a friend of theirs, is toxic because you kind of feel like it's not your place to insert yourself in their relationship. To a yeah. large degree, I think friends will do that. Like, 
I have I have a friend, a really close friend, who has a couple of friends that I think are toxic. Mm-hmm. And I've told her though, because I'm like, I give no fucks. But it was it, it took a while. It took them doing a lot of stuff for mm-hmm. me to be like, look, girl, I don't <laughs> like your girl. Yeah. I think she's a piece of shit. And yeah. I don't think you should continue to hang out with her. Mm-hmm. But it took a while because it was like, okay, I didn't like her first time I met her. I didn't like her energy. I didn't like this. I didn't like how she was talking to her. I didn't like certain things she said. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's none of my business. That's her friend. Maybe that's just how they are. That's mm-hmm. their relationship. I don't know anything about that. They've known each other longer than I've known her. Yeah. But then after a while, I was like, oh, no, girl. I don't care how long you've known this bitch. You need to move on. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen that with a, a few of my friends. That's I, I, yeah, that's hard. That's difficult. Exactly what you're saying. You don't want to step in, but I think it's good that you do say something because it's like, well, I care about you. I'm also your friend, mm-hmm. so it doesn't. And, and a lot of people will stand behind. And I've known them for so long. That's how they. That's are. always that's what they respond. Like, that's always can? been the response. Oh, but I've known this person for this long. And I'm like, well, what does that matter? If they're still, and it's like, well, you don't understand them. They, they are, they can still be nice. And it's like, well, why do you have someone in your life that brings negativity to it, it and, and negativity to it? There's different degrees. There's negativity where they can just be a negative person, but also when they start judging you, also when they start taking advantage of you, also when they just don't seem like a good friend to you. When they make you feel bad about yes. yourself more times than than they should, uh, more than they make you feel good about yourself. Yes. I think if you can put yourself in the mindset of like, if, well, okay, this is a big one, but like if that was like a sibling mm-hmm. of a family member or mm-hmm. let's say even your mother, mm-hmm. would you cut them off? I know for me, it's a hard yes. <laughs> like, I love my mother. We have a great relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But if my mother was talking to me crazy and disrespecting me and making me feel like shit, I wouldn't hesitate to cut her out of my life. So it makes it way easier to do it to a friend. Because I'm like, bitch, you didn't birth me? Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not having brunch with you. Sit here and talk about some bullshit. I don't actually like you yeah. like that. You choose the people that you that you want in your life. So it's like all that power is yours. And, and, and especially if you don't bring it up. And I think that can be that we mentioned, you know, sort of maintaining and nurturing relationships. I think a part of that, we aren't told how to, the where those lines are. But mm-hmm. also we aren't told how to broach those difficult conversations. Yeah, I think with friendships, I think the difficult thing is that when you have an issue with a friend, mm-hmm. especially when the relationship is toxic, and usually you aren't taught how to sort of talk about that. Right. You aren't, it, 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 you That's aren't, why I just ghost bitches. Yeah. <laughs> and then if but they bring it up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're not friends anymore. But sometimes it can be like <laughs> about when you bring up to a friend, well, I don't like the way you said that to me, or when you say that to me, that makes me feel like this. Even those things can, can be a bit tricky. Because people don't say it like that. Like, people, like, you're speaking as someone who goes to therapy. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. going to therapy in relationship therapy and mm-hmm. that. Because that's usually not how it goes. That's true. It's usually, like, the person is just mad and then they're being passive-aggressive mm-hmm. or they're acting staying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, girl, what is your problem? You've been acting weird all day. Well, I'm kind of annoyed because when we went to brunch, you did X, Y, Z. And you know what I mean? It's always going to be a you, 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 you. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm, I'm upset. People don't, people rarely say I'm hurt. Or my feelings yes. are hurt. They say I'm mad or yeah. I'm upset. Mm-hmm. I'm annoyed. I'm mm-hmm. aggy. Yeah. Like, they don't, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they right. don't say, well, I was hurt or I felt this way by this thing that you did mm-hmm. because this was how I received it. Mm-hmm. People and don't it, talk like therapy and shit. No, no. And you don't, I mean, listen, I, two years ago, three years ago, I didn't know that. And that's still an uphill battle with learning that, how to do that. So I think that's something also because I think 
for me, I'm much more likely to do that in an intimate relationship with a boy or someone that I'm dating versus a friendship. Uh, it, yeah. it, it also depends on the level of the friend. Like, I think for me, I'm definitely much more about, I don't, I can't do small talk in the sense of you have people who you don't really like, but you're kind of like frenemies. I, 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 I not mean, you know, I, I am don't not here that. for no frenemies. It, it seems stressful. It is a waste of time. Like, what are you doing right? I don't know how many years I'm going to have on this life. I am not wasting a fucking second of that shit on someone that I really don't care for. I, I or, or who doesn't care for me. It's exactly. somebody who does not have good intentions for me in my exactly. life. What the fuck? Like, that's absurd to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do that. A, lot, a, of a lot of people do that. And it's just like, well, why are you wasting your time? And I could understand, the only time that I could, under- I could understand it is a circumstance, I suppose, is if you're in a position where you don't know anyone else. It's like you're either in a new city or everyone else Mm-mm. is gone, but even still. I'd rather like, be hanging out by myself. <laughs> no, because it's kind of like you have to clear the noise. Mm-hmm. If you don't like make room for the good shit because you're holding on to yeah, holding on to old shit doesn't allow you, and bad shit, toxic shit, doesn't allow you to make room for the good shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you blocking your own blessings. Because when you went out with that friend of me, you could have been out doing XYZ when you might have met somebody that was nice, that you That's actually true. liked and got along with. That's true. Having That's brunch true. with this bitch, you should have been at yoga. Because mm-hmm, you're comfortable and you, you feel like you know what it is. And it's just like, it's still not good. You know what it is. It's negative. A lot of people do that. That's what it is too, that that devil that I know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still the devil. (laughs) There's a reason why we say it like that. We call it that. The devil that you know is Mm -hmm. terrible. I am so here for change. I love change. It's good. I embrace change. I run towards change. You said something to me. You were like, uh, one of the things that you said to me was that I know why be scared of change. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Why be scared of change? You're like, I know what it is to be or exist like, like this. I don't know what it is if I say yes to that or to take that leap. I'll open that door. And I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, so, I don't remember saying that, but it makes sense to me yeah, right now. Said, yeah, and I was just like, that's very powerful because I think when you're used to something, you're scared to like take that leap, whether it's breaking up with that person or breaking up with that friend or cutting someone out of your life. You, you don't know and you're, you're scared of the unknown. But we don't think in the positive that it could be a, ne- a positive thing for you. We always think negative. We go to the negative. Oh, I'm going to be alone or I'm not going to know anyone. It's just like, well, you could meet someone else. You could change is hard sometimes, but it could also be, could turn out to be a very beneficial thing for you. What's funny too, though, is like that. Why is being alone a negative? And that's mm-hmm. something else that people just also need to think about. Like if you don't put being alone or just not being in a relationship in a negative light, mm-hmm. then it doesn't, then it probably will be less scary I to agree. think about yourself being alone and not being in that relationship. Yeah, I think everybody needs friends. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one thing. But like, <laughs> but nobody needs toxic I like friends. Say everybody needs friends. You, you need your friends, yeah. right? Like, Unique, yeah. human beings. You need right. that human interaction. Yes. You need camaraderie and companionship. But if it's toxic friends, then it's it's just as bad as having no friends mm-hmm. because you know you, you you still don't feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. You well, I'm just you know what I'm not here for spending money <laughs> because you go out with your friends, you spend money, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's part of it. It's just part of the social setting and the social mm-hmm. fabric. I'm not here for spending money and then having walked away and being like I feel terrible after. Oh gosh! Like I went to brunch I with imagine. someone and I like she was like, oh, I'm coming to town. Let's have brunch and. 
Like literally sat there in a whole brunch, just like basically just questioning all of my life's choices. And I was like, what? Never again. Like we parted ways and then I went to hang out with my friends and I was like, this bitch is nuts. And I was like, she continues to text me and whatever. And I keep it real, real, you know, at <laughs> arm's length. And she doesn't live in New York. So it's a lot easier to just curve her. Mm -hmm. But she has no idea that it's just like, I'm never going to see you again unless wow. we're just forced in the same setting. Wow. That is because we're family. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, nah, I don't fuck with you on that level. You're nuts. Yeah, that is funny, too. The fact that, listen, we also need to have uh, the, the next podcast or the next few podcasts, we need to ask you how to successfully curb someone. How do you put someone at, because that can be a little difficult, too, when you have certain relationships in life. Because I feel like I, I'm not You text me, I don't have to text you back. Yeah. Certainly not immediately. I'm not good with being subtle. I feel like you, I feel like Josh, I feel like a lot of people might be very good with being subtle. For me, things come out in an explosive burst. So if I don't like you, it's going to come out. I don't like you. I don't want to be around you. And then it's just like, well, did I have to, because it's like, I feel negative. It's like, I can't pretend. And then that person, and it's just like, well, you aren't a horrible person. It's just like, I just don't want to spend time with you. It's just like, well, maybe I, we could have crossed paths. Maybe there could have been a medium where I could have let you know that in a better way. And we could have been around each other. But for me, it's just like, it's a hundred percent or none. I don't yeah, know anyone in my talk face. to a therapist about how to do that with boys. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's hard for me. I don't like people. It, it has to be a hundred percent when it comes to people that I, who are in my space. I, I want to like you. If there's an inkling of me just feeling a little funny business about you, then why are you in my space? Yeah, yeah. You should definitely talk to a therapist about <laughs> how to do that the right way. Because um, yeah, maybe you don't want to just like. Just, just completely let off on somebody. And then they're like, what? Because you gave them no, there was no foreshadowing. Mm. It always <laughs> is. That's hilarious. I, I'm like, that's where we're going to leave it on. <laughs> that note, I got to, we got to wrap up. So if you love this episode of Black Hipster or you want to be friends, not toxic friends, the good kind of friends, mm -hmm. um, to these hipsters here, first thing you got to do is subscribe and make sure you're listening to us. We're here every week. Mm -hmm. um, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, all these places that you're listening to your podcast. You can also email us. Um, send us a love note. We love those at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. You can also... Follow us on Instagram at Black Hipster Podcast. Where can they find you, my darling? They can dear? find me at Standrick Wiggins. Mm -hmm. And you can find me at the Shawa Evans. Um, that's it. That's yeah. all we got, right? Good being back. Oh, it's good being back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, right. I'm going um, to get me some wine because I haven't had any <laughs> all day. It's about that time. Mm, bye bye. Bye. bye.